0: You are listening to Your Community Spirit, the show about caring, sharing, and preparing for the changes needed in the world as we know it. Let's bring back the circle again: circle of family, circle of friends, the circle of being. Wake up! Let me do that again. <laughs> Wake up, and be healthy, and therefore wealthy, to the peace and joy of Mother Earth. This is your community spirit on your community radio, WDBX 91.1 FM, community radio for Southern Illinois. My name is Tree Song. I'll be your host today. Or is off on another one of his solar adventures. Um, We may or may not get the chance to hear from him, uh, but we wish him the best in his solar adventures and look forward to hearing more about it when he gets back in. In the meantime, we've got plenty of news and happenings to keep you going. First, we will get to a little bit of music and then the news. Our first news story. Climate activist escapes conviction in a stunt that shuts down five pipelines. Uh, by escapes conviction, we don't mean that they escaped, they ran out of the courtroom and <laughs> snuck away. Uh, actually, in, a, in the court of law, they escaped conviction. Without escaping as a fugitive of justice. Climate activist Ken Ward eluded conviction on multiple criminal charges for shutting off an emergency valve for Kinder Morgan's Trans Mountain Oil Sands Pipeline last October after a county court in Washington declared a mistrial. Following three days of trial in Washington's Skagit County Superior Court, (laughs) uh, the jury deliberated Ward's fate for about five hours before failing to unanimously agree to convict him of sabotage, burglary, and two counts of felony. Skagit County Deputy Prosecutor Sloan Johnson is expected to announce his decision about whether to retry Ward in the coming weeks. Ward's trial, which began on Monday, was the first for the five activists that were charged for helping to shut off emergency valves of five Oral Sands pipelines across four states on October 11th. Now, we talked about that story back uh, last fall. It basically, they shut off, with these five valves, they shut off all the flow of tar sands oil, from the from Canada to the U.S., Ward and his colleagues, who call themselves Valve Turners, filmed their coordinated acts of civil disobedience, which resulted in the temporary shutdown of segments of five pipelines: the Trans Mountain and Line Four and Sixty Seven, TransCanada's Keystone, and Spectra Energy's Express Pipeline. Quote, in five hours, the jury was unable to decide that with all of the evidence against me, including the video of me closing the valve, that this was a crime, Ward said in a statement. Quote, this is a tremendous outcome. So yeah, it's not like they, it's not like this happened because they said, oh, we don't know if he actually did it. There's, he's clearly admitting to it. There's video of it, but they could not agree that it was in fact a crime to do so. Ward had planned to use what's called the necessity defense in trial, which would have involved calling climate experts to testify that climate crisis is so dire that he had to break the law to protect other citizens from global warming. The presiding judge, Michael Rickert, however, denied this request pre-trial. Consequently, Ward called only himself as a witness during the trial. On the stand, he defended his actions as necessary to protect the planet from climate change. I wonder if in the future this will handle this will affect how they handle the necessity defense. Because, um, you know, he didn't present, get a chance to present the necessity defense, but then again, they didn't present arguments against the necessity defense because of that. So, uh, uh, so yeah. Okay, yeah, and I've heard that we've got Orr on the line here, so we're going to go to music for a moment and get Orr on the air. Your guest with us on the radio we may be able to hear you now uh, can you hear us or I'm on the other side of the world so it's kind of hard to hear <laughs> yeah well we can hear you and it sounds like you can hear us so I think we're good so I'm just taking a quick break from teaching my solar class I, I put a little uh, video on so I thought I'd just call in it took me about 15 minutes to get this to work, but I'm. looks like we're we're connected. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Here we are. We're living in the future. (laughs) We've got people across such great distances talking on the radio. So we already talked about, we were just wrapping up as you called in the first story about the climate activist escapes conviction in a stunt that shuts down five pipelines. Now, it's amazing to me that he was able to get out of this conviction even without being allowed to use the necessity defense uh, they said he couldn't use necessity defense and he couldn't call special witnesses he just spoke from his heart about why he did it and they didn't convict him of the crime I'm sorry. that's really nice when they actually listen huh yeah <laughs> Yeah, and it's, it's good to see people who are yeah, d- doing something about the climates, uh, having successful court outcomes. Because, <laughs> you know, the worry is you do something like that and then they disappear you in yeah. a box forever. <laughs> but he, he got out successfully. And we will, we will definitely stay tuned on how the other court cases go and, uh, other stories related to that necessity defense. Yeah, a lot of people here are talking about, um, climate change because the island, I think the, the majority of the island is just only a feet above sea level. <laughs> so. Yeah. Well, and remind the listeners where you're at again. I don't think you mentioned it this time since calling in. Yeah. Right now, I'm trying to set up an interview with a electric car dealer that they're trying to put a bunch of cars on the island. So. Oh, that's um, cool. All right, are you still with us? We heard to click there for a moment. Hopefully, you're still with us. No, it sounds like it sounds like we've lost Ore. Uh, well, hopefully we haven't lost O'R. We've just lost the connection to Orr. Uh, I will free up the line there in case he tries to call back. But uh, in the meantime, we will get on with the rest of our news and happenings. All right, so in other news, we have Rex Tillerson confirmed by Senate and oil mogul becomes Secretary of State. Rex Tillerson, the former chief executive of ExxonMobil, was confirmed by the U.S. Senate to be Donald Trump's Secretary of State on Wednesday, making an oil mogul the nation's top diplomat and fourth in line for the presidency. I'd forgotten how close, too, that the Secretary of State is fourth in line for being the President of the United States. So if they impeach the first three, <laughs> then it's going to be Tillerson who takes the helm. It's also worth pointing out, too, they describe him as the former chief executive, but th- that makes it sound like it's something in his distant past. He was the... Chief executive officer until they gave him this position and then he had to give it up. Um, so Tillerson, the sixth Trump cabinet member to be approved by the Senate, was confirmed by the closest margin so far, 56 to 43. I guess maybe the senators actually read some of the <laughs> details of his life and what he had done and, uh, thought a little bit, thought twice of it, but <laughs> he narrowly slid on through. All Republicans, along with Angus King, And Heidi Heitkamp, Joe Manchin, and Mark Warner approved him over objections by many Democrats to his hedging on climate change and doubts about his ability to avoid conflicts of interest on diplomatic issues relating to his former employer. Because, I mean, he did technically give up his employment with them just now, but in doing so, they gave him millions and millions of dollars. I don't have the exact figure in front of me. I think it was a couple hundred million dollars worth of benefits from the stock options and other things he would have gotten if he had stuck around. So it's possible he may still have a soft spot in his heart for for Exxon and for the whole industry. Democrats and some Republicans have also questioned Tillerson's ability to forcefully advocate for American interests because of his business relationship with Russian President Vladimir Putin. Under Tillerson's leadership, Exxon signed a massive oil and gas deal with Russia in 2011 and then argued against sanctions imposed on Russia by the Obama administration after Russia invaded Ukraine. Others questioned his views on broader human rights issues. Um, I do remember in a previous story we mentioned that he was being... Uh, he and Exxon were being actively sued over human rights violations in another country. And now he's Secretary of State. <laughs> So how, how is he going to handle human rights as Secretary of State? We shall unfortunately find out. During his confirmation hearing before the Senate Committee on Foreign Relations, Tillerson was repeatedly asked to clarify his position on climate change, an issue near and dear to our heart here on your community spirit. Although he said the climate is changing, he indicated he believes the science is not conclusive en- enough to discuss how rising greenhouse gas emissions will affect life on Earth, nor what is the best policy to confront it. He played down the urgency of the climate change as a national security issue. Now, oddly enough, there is actually, in fact, a lot of science out there demonstrating that humans are, in fact, the primary forcing for global warming and that there are a lot of negative consequences headed our way because of it and already in progress. All right, so let's see. He also has this quote here, the increase in greenhouse gas concentrations in the atmosphere are having an effect. Our ability to predict that effect is very limited. Now, I've actually looked at some of the projections where we do project what the effect will be under various emission scenarios, so I know that he's he's saying something which is incorrect in that quote as well. I think it's important to quote some of these leaders when they say these things so that you hear what they said. But then also to mention, actually, scientists have discovered a lot of evidence about global warming. In other news, Standing Rock Tribe Braces for Next Round of Dakota Pipeline Battle. The Acting Secretary of the Army instructed the Army Corps of Engineers Wednesday to fully comply with a memorandum issued by President Trump that called for expediting the review and approval of the Dakota Access Oil Pipeline. The directive did not, however, despite this reports to the contrary, grant a final permit or easement for the portion of the pipeline that would run near the Standing Rock Sioux Tribe Reservation. That spot became a hotbed of protest last year when thousands of Native Americans and others, who call themselves water protectors, set up camp. In the final weeks of the Obama administration, the Army Corps announced it would not allow the pipeline to be drilled under the Missouri River a half-mile upstream of Standing Rock. Instead, it said it would conduct an environmental impact statement, a thorough review that could take a year or more to complete and would consider alternate routes for that crossing. The review has begun, but now it's unclear whether the environmental impact statement will continue. Trump's memorandum, issued January 24th, ordered the Army Corps to, quote, review and approve in an expedited manner any easements for the Dakota access. It ordered the agency to consider rescinding the environmental impact statement. The tribe says it will sue to ensure that process goes ahead as ordered but it is unclear what, if any, legal leverage the tribe would have if the Army Corps abandons their view. Quote, the Standing Rock Sioux tribe will vigorously pursue legal action to ensure the Environmental Impact Statement order, issued late last year, is followed so the pipeline process is legal, fair, and accurate, the tribe said in a statement. Quote, to abandon the EIS would amount to a wholly unexplained and arbitrary change based on the president's personal views and, potentially, personal investments that's something we've discussed uh, on previous uh, segments of your community spirit it's not as though in the past couple of weeks the science has suddenly changed and they've suddenly realized oh we don't need an environmental impact statement they're making the political decision to try to shut that impact statement down because they don't like the idea of looking at environmental impacts so they that the legality of that is definitely going to be questioned and we'll be curious to see how it turns out. And the the environmental impact statement itself would have delayed the process significantly because they have to do research, they have to take public input. It would have ensured that we at least had some more time to consider this issue. But now, unless the legal action is successful, it may accelerate the production of the pipeline. We will have more news on that as it develops. Tesla gives California power. Tesla, excuse me, Tesla gives the California power grid a battery boost. 396 refrigerator-sized stacks of Tesla batteries, encased in white metal, have been hastily erected with a new mission: to suck up electricity from the grid during the day and feed it back into the system as needed, especially in the evening. The battery installation, capable of powering roughly 15,000 homes over four hours, is part of an emergency response to projected energy shortages stemming from a huge leak at a natural gas storage facility. So it's worth pointing out natural gas had a huge leak. They were failing to provide the power necessary, and so Tesla's battery power is stepping in to fill that gap and replace it. The project, which officially came online Monday, but began operating at the end of last year, is an important and surprising demonstration of how utilities can use enormous collections of batteries in place of conventional power plants. It is also an indication of how rapidly Tesla is moving to transform itself from a maker of luxury electric cars into a multifaceted clean energy company. California is on track to have an overabundance of energy during the day when its many solar panels are producing energy. But that supply drops sharply as the sun sets, precisely when demand rises due to residents heading home, to use appliances, and increasingly to charge their cars. The state's aging nuclear plants have been closed or are being phased out, putting even more pressure on utilities to find other ways to feed the grid. Storage is a natural solution, utility executives say, helping to smooth variations in the power flow from rooftop customers and when solar falls off and conventional plants have not yet filled the gap. So it's interesting to see this This is a a pioneering use of batteries in the utility grid system. And it's partially a way of dealing with the solar. You know, the solar charges the batteries during the day, and then the batteries feed the grid during night. So it's one of many solutions to the technical challenges of transitioning mass numbers of people to clean energy. Let's get into some of our holidays and happenings. In the holidays, we have Bubblegum Day. It's the first Friday of the month. And Feed the Birds Day. You know, the birds are out there in the cold looking for some food. (laughs) So as long as you know the right things to feed them, it's Feed the Birds Day. We also have Create a Vacuum Day. Eat Ice Cream for Breakfast Day. That'd be a good one to celebrate every day, wouldn't it? Well, maybe not good for your health, but it sounds like a fun one to celebrate. And, uh, thank a mail carrier day. Now, my, my father was a mail carrier and, uh, they, they do a lot of, people don't often think about it, but they do a lot of work outdoors in the hot sun, the freezing cold, bringing you your mail. So be sure to thank your mail carrier. Mm-hmm. National Weather Persons Day is also coming up on Sunday and Super Bowl Sunday as well is coming up on Sunday. You may have heard about that one. I don't know if that counts as a holiday so much as a big festival of people geeking out on their favorite sport. All right, so we also have, let's see, Boy Scout Day is coming up on Wednesday. Kite Flying Day. I wonder if there's a merit badge for flying kites. And on Thursday, here's a holiday that's near and dear to my heart. It's National Pizza Day. I'm sure there will be many Americans, maybe many people right here in Southern Illinois, celebrating National Pizza Day with some pizza from their favorite local restaurants. I mean, I feel like you could make a whole week of it here in Carbondale to pick out all the local pizza restaurants and have a different one each week, each day of the week. All right, so we've also got all these happenings locally. It's Black History Month at SIU. This is an annual observance in February, celebrating the past and present achievements of African Americans. The 2017 theme is The Crisis in Black Education. For a full calendar of events, you can visit smrc.siu.edu. Also coming up, we have the Pantry Purge, an introduction to the KonMari Method. This is coming up tonight at 6 p.m. over at the Neighborhood Co-op Grocery. Healthy eating starts in the kitchen. Pantry Purge is an introduction and discussion of the KonMari method and the journey to a clutter-free lifestyle. It's based on the book The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up. Now, I've had a couple of friends who have used this method to help declutter their lives and not just their kitchens, but it can be their whole, their whole living space and their whole life. And it sounds very helpful and interesting. That's coming up at 6 o'clock over at the neighborhood co-op grocery. Also coming up, we have the Taste of Chocolate that is tonight at 6 p.m. at the Carbonale Civic Center. The Women's Center is proud to announce the 2016 Taste of Chocolate fundraising event. The event includes a live and silent auction, 50-50 raffle, and a variety of sweet and savory chocolate tastings. This is a major event for the Women's Center. Last year, it yielded over 400 attendees and brought in over $35,000 for the Women's Center. This makes it possible for them to continue providing their invaluable services to the members of the Southern Illinois community. And they do such amazing amazing things for the Southern Illinois community. So it's a great cause and some great chocolate out there. So you can visit thewomenscenter.org. It's thewomensctr.org for more information on the tickets. And it's tonight at 6 p.m. at the Carbondale Civic Center. Also coming up, we have the Winter Indoor Community Farmers Market. It happens on Saturdays from 9 a.m. to noon over at the Carbondale Community High School. Community Farmers Market is your destination for fresh local produce, humanely raised meats, eggs, fresh baked goods, soaps, crafts, and more during the winter months. Every Saturday, 9 a.m. to noon, December through March. Another event we have coming up is the Peace Coalition Peace and Justice Vigil. It's coming up, uh, it's the theme is Make America Great, Protect Justice and Equality for All. It's coming up on Saturday, February 4th at noon at the corner of Illinois and Maine in Carmondale. Peace Coalition is having this as The theme, it's carrying on themes from the recent women's marches, both internationally and locally. Uh, And it's also carrying on a lot of themes related to other marches coming up, like the People's Climate March that is coming up in April. And for better or worse, there are a lot of marches that are rising up in response to some of the negative things going on on the national scene right now. And... We didn't mention this earlier for today's happenings, but in today's happenings, we have over at Mary Lou's uh, Dave X from right here at WDBX. He's going to be bringing Bang, Bang, Bang over to Mary Lou's to do his live on-the-street interviews. They happen right after this show at 10.30. And if you haven't caught those yet, those are a fun time. You get to hear people right right at places around here in Carbondale get to speak their minds on the radio. So that's over at Mary Lou's today at 10.30 right after this show in just about three minutes. (laughs) We've got time for one or two more happenings before we turn it over to Bang, Bang, Bang. We have the Labyrinth Walk coming up on Sunday at 7.30 a.m. over at the Labyrinth Peace Park, which is right next to Guy House Interfaith Center, both located at 913 South Illinois Avenue. They do Peace Walk for peace, oneness, and relaxation. And also the Walk in Solidarity with SIUC International Students is coming up on Monday at nine forty-five a.m assembling at Woody Hall. It's part of the International Parade of Flags. They're doing this as a part of the International Festival Week coming up. So for the Parade of Flags, people who are supporting the international community at this time are showing up to join them in supporting the parade. So that's 9.45 a.m. Monday, assembling at Woody Hall. And there's a whole week of activities for the International Festival. There's the Flag Parade on Monday. There's the Food Festival on Wednesday from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m., And there's the cultural performances on Friday from 10 different nations, 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. on next Friday. All right. Well, it's been another exciting and informative episode of Your Community Spirit. I hope you've enjoyed it at least as much as I have. I've learned things along the way and hope you have, too. And we will see you here next week on the radio. Stay warm out there. And remember, Bang 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 is going to be at Mary Lou's, starting right after our underwriters.